Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross, and welcome to Leafs Guy, Episode 11, Season 2. We have a conversation with David Alter from the Hockey News coming up very shortly. But first, hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie once the games resume. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you now know somebody is going to light the lamp. It's guaranteed. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area, no worries. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Guy, what is it? THPN. Throw down $1 at any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. Okay, this is a shorter edition of Leafs Guy due to the lack of games. So the COVID situation has halted the schedule on Christmas week. And this is a conversation with David Alter from the Hockey News as he traveled with the Leafs. The trip started out in Edmonton, was supposed to go to Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle, but did not. It was sort of a slow deconstruction of, of a road trip that eventually got totally canceled. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with David Alter to add some perspective on what happened to the Leafs and his travel plans. Okay, David, take us through the trip that wasn't. You go to Edmonton, everything looks okay. When did this story start to turn? Well, I think it started to turn when the Calgary game got postponed. Remember, that was a four-game road trip that was supposed to be Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle. And uh, we arrived in Edmonton early. The Leafs actually practiced before their game in Edmonton which they sometimes do when they have enough time to just get acclimated to the time change. So 
we went, we covered practice. Uh, they had a game, and in the afternoon of the game, we learned that uh, the Calgary game was indeed postponed because they had a, a COVID outbreak. And then it was just a matter of, okay, well, what are they doing? Because we've got to assemble and kind of change things around. So uh, eventually they told us, okay, you're good to book to Vancouver because we're going to go straight to Vancouver. So we did that, covered the game. Leafs pick up a, a big win, keep Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl off the score sheet. Austin Matthews scores twice. Uh, and then unbeknownst to all of us, that was the last game the Leafs had played up until this point. So uh, we get to Vancouver. There's one practice. That practice goes fine. The morning of Friday, which is the day before the game, they're supposed to practice again. And uh, the Leafs announced that a couple of players, John Tavares and uh, Alex Kerfoot, are on the COVID list. And practice had been canceled out of an abundance of caution so at that point you know we already started thinking okay is this going to be the beginning of it or or who knows and then what was really bizarre was um you know their plan was okay they're going to do more testing and then they're going to test again the following day but the, the plan is for the game to still go ahead and i was doing interviews on vancouver local podcasts and radio and and assuming as such that that was going to happen. And uh, just hours before it, it's, we started getting word that this game wasn't going to proceed and, and then Seattle was going to be postponed and ended up being away for a week, but only one game to cover, which is unprecedented for me, for a lot of people. It was just a really bizarre sequence of events. Yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of a, a story that you can't really predict how it goes. It changes drastically uh, you're, you're sort of because of your job you have to go to Vancouver and you're worried about Seattle but it all gets it all gets kiboshed I mean that, that is absolutely bizarre really when you look back on it I don't think you'd have any experience like that no and, and you know what though I think it actually worked out to their benefit that uh, the rest of the trip was scrapped instead of just the one-off because if the Leafs if the Leafs would have gone on with their season and, and had to fit in just a one-off in Calgary somewhere, that would have been a really bizarre situation because there wasn't a convenient spot on the schedule where you can kind of fit that in. Now, when the schedule makers rejig the schedule, now that we know that the NHL players aren't going to the Olympics and they have that three-week window to kind of play around with, you can fit a whole Western road trip in there if you can make the dates align. So at least they could still make that one trip instead of these trying to pick apart everywhere. Where are you going to go for these one-offs on the other side of the continent? So, uh, I mean, in that part, it kind of worked out, but uh, yeah, this has just been a little bit of a mess. Um, and it was just really bizarre because it kind of had that March, 2020 feel, but I'm an optimist. I, even, even when I was looking at it, I didn't think it was going to be super bad. And I don't even think this wave's going to be that long. I think we're going to get back to normal very soon, at least whatever the normal was post March, 2020, when we had fans in the stands and whatnot. So um, yeah, it, it was really strange in that regard. And, um, but they have that luxury of the three weeks that, that they didn't book for the Olympics that they can now play with and kind of work within that, little Venn diagram of open dates. Yeah. Subject to arena availability. And that, that's right. going to be an interesting uh, sort of, uh, I guess, dance, but, but having said that, I mean, we, we you know, and, and I, I, I concur just on my limited knowledge of this, that that's probably not uh, March, 2020, but a, a variation of it, <laughs> I hate to use variation 
but but having said that, you know, I don't know when fans will be allowed back in or if you'll if they'll actually go to no fans they're all struggling with the 50 percent with no concessions now so i mean it, it, i don't think we've seen the worst of it so it's hard to know you know where the peak of this thing is and when it when it starts to uh, head in the, in the right direction yeah well and the number one thing right now is remember the board of governors had a meeting just before all this happened where they were expecting revenues to recoup by the end of the 23-24 season and that HRR and salary caps can kind of be in line with that. It's kind of funny because the Board of Governors seems to be the kiss of death because I remember the Board of Governors meeting in, in January of 2020 when they were projecting a salary cap of $83.5 million because of the way revenues were kind of going and then COVID hit and changed everything forever. Um, so what happened with that calculation is that was assuming that you know canada was back on track and that the seven venues were going to be full and that's a lot of money lost per leaf home game that's like three million in gross per home game like that even cut in half that's a lot of money right so that you look at some of the other six canadian cities in quebec where there's going to be no fans bc it looks like there's going to be no fans at least for the short term that is going to have significant impact in terms of where they're going to try to recoup this money. Uh, I would imagine in the off season, players are going to be more motivated with the league to do some sort of world cup to, to kind of bring revenues back and find these unique rider cup, whatever special events that they can sell to TV packages. Because I think what this has done now is just force the NHL to be way more creative or players to kind of open up their minds a bit and find these other ways to recoup money that they don't want to have to pay towards the end of all of this. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, anybody who is involved in running a business understands the devastation of, of the last uh, almost two years and, and, and the constant starts and restarts and, and, and the short period of, of time where it looks like it's okay and then you get set back again. Uh, in the NHL's case or in any, any corporate situation, uh, you know that you're going to get through it uh, but the difference is it now takes longer to, to get back to where you wanted to be or or I don't know if I want to use the word recover because that's uh, that, that's uh, you know that, that would be a reset back to the way the economy was, which is going to take some time. But, but there's a lot of things that they have to look at. At least they have creative minds to come up with these things or they have stuff that was on the shelf that they haven't used. Yeah, like betting. Betting's a big one. They'll probably have to go really lean into that more and kind of tap that well maybe more than they, they've done already. That would be an obvious one. I mean, there aren't TV rights coming up. I mean, there will be for the Canadian TV rights. I, I believe it's in 2024, 2025. I can't remember the exact year. It's 12 years from 2004, so maybe another two years from that. Um, but uh, apart from that, you know, they already tapped the U.S. TV contract. Well, that was one where they knew money was coming in, and they were able to kind of bring revenues to $5 billion, which is what they said in the last Board of Governors meeting. So... Uh, there, there's all those kind of meetings where they have to kind of find new ways and be creative and open up their minds. And if there's anything the NHL has kind of fallen behind compared to the other four majors is opening up their minds to finding ways to get younger people, to get new people into the sport, especially down south, and increase the revenue. And uh, I think all this does is just force them to do that even more so. You know, it is it is interesting. Uh, you know, you're, you're sort of stuck here. I mean, you could understand the business sense where you want to get as many of these games in, uh, maybe with altered rosters as possible, because you're fulfilling 
contractual obligations. Um, but at some point, the integrity of the sport should be looked at. And, and the NHL doesn't have an exclusive on this. You've got NBA issues, um, the NFL as well, where uh, certainly in the NBA, where, where rosters are, are pieced together in order to get the game in. But, but you know, and, and, and I get that you're fulfilling the contract or obligation that you have, but I don't know what it does for the integrity of the sport. Interesting dilemma. You mean with the, when it comes to, to betting and, and trying to find well, all that other, uh, well, other revenue stuff? Yeah, and, and sometimes when you look at the rosters, I mean, the, the NBA oh, right. scurrying around finding players to fill out rosters, and the NHL it would be uh, you could get caught in, in a weird situation where you won't, wouldn't have access to AHL players because they're already in a COVID problem. So, so what you're left right. with is an undermanned roster is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know what? I think... I don't know why, but everyone I talked to around the league and, and talking to other colleagues as well, there was this belief that every six weeks, things in the CBA could be talked about when it came to taxi squads and things that they had in the other COVID year that kind of mitigated that. And yeah. I don't know why that never came to be this year. Like you saw the Leafs with a, an emergency backup as a second goalie instead of a third goalie this because otherwise they would have had to play with another man roster. This was clearly an issue other teams had even before the Omicron variant that they just didn't, for whatever reason, want to open up the cap. Like I remember the blues, they were shorthanded yeah. and they were asking for cap relief and they couldn't get it. And there were no taxi squads and it was just a really bizarre situation. Now to the NBA's credit, you mentioned them as an example, they recently struck a deal with the players that allowed for some guys to be signed in, in some sort of emergency term for this situation that kind of goes not outside the cap, but opens up an exception. And I don't know why the NHL hasn't done that. And um, I mean, it, it got pretty dire, but I guess at that point, they just shut things down instead of trying to work through it. And they'll try reopening things again on the 27th. But um, I don't know, you're, you're right on that where it comes to the integrity. I do think that a lot of people are, are kind of not faulting these major leagues for having these issues. It would only be in these kind of emergency like wartime type situations where you see devastation. And, and so I think people are kind of giving the leagues the benefit of the doubt, but they really should do something to carry more players around to kind of have uh, an exception for the situation for these emergency times that can be revisited on a week to week basis. You know, it's an interesting dilemma because I think we all um, we're all sort of going in, in little uh, like pockets of three or four days, and it's certainly in the NHL situation uh, now. You know, as we record this on December twenty second, it shut down right until uh, what the twenty sixth. Uh, there is no guarantee that when they open the doors again on the twenty sixth, everything's okay. There could be you know another right. setback. It could actually be worse, uh, and then there could be a, a longer pause, and then they have to sort of figure out how they're going to get all those games in, or if. They're going to get all those games in. So we don't, really don't know where this tracks. It, it's hard to, hard to come up with a scenario, isn't it? Right. And December 26th, just for clarity, is when the league will open its doors for players to come in and practice and test. Right. No games will actually take place until the 27th. And there's, I believe, 14 games on the schedule for the 27th. And uh, depending on how quickly this, this uh, whole variant kind of passes through teams, it'll be tough to see. I mean, the Leafs just had five more people. Uh, I don't remember the exact number in front of me, just enter protocol yesterday. So, so depending on how 
ravaged these teams are with cases within their locker room. It depends on if they're going to be clear. Uh, the Calgary looks like they could be ready to go right then and there because they went through this earlier. And everything we know about this variant is it, it, it hits you fast and it leaves fast. So uh, it's just going to depend on where where this thing is kind of passed through and, and like where on the uh, waning side of this cycle this variant is within these clubs because it's going to hit at different times and the worst thing they could have happen is some teams are ready and some aren't and then they have to kind of pause further because other teams are getting the advantage we've seen how this can kind of kill a season like the islanders for an excellent example of that they had case they had an outbreak earlier in the year that wasn't omicron but they had an outbreak and they've not really recovered from that so um this is going to be really strange in terms of what was fair this season at least with some of the other things that happened it wasn't a disruption midway through the year with the exception of the vancouver canucks last year other than that it was pretty smooth and, and vancouver was kind of on the outside anyway so it, it's really strange to see how how this can kind of come through and really derail a good thing that was going for a club I'm going to say a couple of things I'd like your reaction to. Um, I think that because it's pro sports and because, especially in hockey, we're used to people playing hurt or, you know, quick recoveries, I guess is the best way to say it, to ailments that in other sports take a little longer to heal. Um, you know, we don't know what the after effects of an outbreak on a team are. We could only guess. Uh, so I'd react to that. But first, let me throw this out. I think what we see with the uh, the, the pro sports teams is a true representation of how this virus works. They're all tested every day. And, and so you can see that, you know, they're, they're monitor this situation very tightly. Then all of a sudden two guys get it four, six, eight, and it spreads like that. That, that, I mean, you watch the news, you're going to see numbers, but they're not as accurate as those numbers are, are they? Right. No, they're not. Well, look, I mean, they're, that's the whole debate that's happening in the NFL right now, right? Where they're kind of wondering why they're getting tested so often because the average person, you and me, we could have it and not know if we're not traveling or not subject to every day or three day testing. And in the province of Ontario, testing is not widely uh, easy to get anyway. Right. So it's one yeah. of those things where we could just pass through our, our lives having had it and not know any better. Like that's really the, I don't know if you want to call it a scary thing. Like there is some element of that, but it's, you know, before we knew anything about how dangerous some, some of this stuff was, this is kind of how we lived our lives, you know, the common cold, the flu, a virus went around, we went through our lives, a lot of people worked through it, went to school, went, went to work through these things, because we plowed through it. And then we were fine after we didn't have the threat of something that could kill people uh, quite rapidly, that we have today that we kind of have to be more mindful of. And because sports leagues are big business and there's so much money tied to the assets of players and everything like that they're under this scrutiny to be tested all the time regardless of the severity and it's it's kind of a weird situation because you know we're we're not you and i are not testing every day we may as we may have had it we don't know but it might have already passed through us and we don't know unless we're planning to travel I mean, I was subject to testing going into the States for work a lot because I'm covering a, a team. So I was, you know, held to account in that regard. But outside of that, unless I was symptomatic, I didn't really need a test. And yeah, it's uh, 
there is a bit of a double standard there, but there is a lot of money tied to these players because it's big business. Yeah, I just, you know, I think really what we have here is we've got three different layers. Uh, so uh, just for the sake of continuing the, the virus uh, discussion, um, you're talking about team players that gather in a room and play on a regular basis, practice, whatever. Um, you travel from time to time. If the team travels, you travel. For me, my work is all done where I'm seated right now because uh, my radio station decided that uh, I shouldn't go to attend games live and my road games are always done here as opposed to going into the station. This is the COVID protocol that, that my, the company that I, I freelance for has. So, so there's three different levels there, of, of, of three different scenarios of, of, of contact and, and, and how this could spread. Mine is the safest. There's no question about that. Yours is a little more at risk. The players right. are at severe risk, and, and that's sort of the different rules for different people, right? Yeah, and it is. And I mean, look, it's that's one of those things where it's collectively bargained, and that's why they have opt-outs, right? If if players truly feel like they're at risk, they have the right and option under the collective bargaining agreement to not participate. And we've seen that in a couple of uh, examples over the past year. Not it's it's far and few between, but there have been people who have elected to not participate because they felt that there's a lot that's unknown and and it wasn't worth it to them. So it's tough when you are a professional athlete and you're used to making seven figures and you have a lifestyle that you're used to living. Uh, you kind of have to weigh those factors in and, and some of the other things that come with it. Um, I remember when we spoke to Kyle Dubas, when he had his availability, uh, when the Vancouver game against the Maple Leafs got shut down, I uh, said, look, I mean, they're like, I sympathize with these guys. There, there is element to that, but also as, you know, players, as staff, as people who sign up for this, there are things that you don't get as part of a normal life in terms of routine and schedule and nine to five and, and some of those other things that, that uh, the regular everyday person has that that they have in their walk of life where, you know, there was a risk for them missing the holidays. And, you know, by all accounts from talking to the Leafs, they, they got home fine to isolate and all that stuff. But, you know, that that was there. Like, that's a risk that they chose to take. And, uh, and um, that's just part of what's been bargained. You're, there, you're absolutely right. There's a double standard there for sure. Um, but it's one of those things where professional athletes have always had different lives than you and I, and um, COVID is no different. And the risk is different as well as the, yeah. the you know, the fruits of it are, are different. So are the risks. For sure. But Dave, we'll just leave it at that. Thanks very much. Happy holidays. You bet. Last minute of play in this podcast. So no yes guy, no guy on the way out because there's not much to deal with in terms of yes guy, no guy material. I'm just going to say happy holidays to all. Hope you have a great holiday season and hope you enjoyed episode 11 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for episode 12.